Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with Dana, CEO of Hemlane. How are you doing, Dana? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Hey, I love the um, discussion about real world, right? We, you run a business, you have employees, you have investors, you have customers. You are the CEO. It rests on your shoulders. It maybe it feels. I'm sure it feels that way. Uh, you, you are on it, right? You are looking at the things as the environment changes. One thing that you mentioned pre-roll that I forgot to bring up in episode one. I'm sorry, and that is. What you're seeing with what is called crossover investors, I had not heard of that term. So let's define it for the audience and then why that's important uh, with what's going on. So what's a crossover investor? Yeah, so we saw a lot of these companies, um, Snowflake being one, Affirm, Peloton, all of these where we were, you know, a year ago saying, these are insane valuations that companies had before even they went public. Yeah. The question was like, why? Why are why is it there suddenly so much money in the private market space? So in, in venture and primarily in later stage, because none of these investors, I'll, I'll talk about these crossover investors, but none of them would really go as early as like the first or second or third round of funding. They were right. going after that. And what what basically it is, it, it's public um, or investors like hedge funds who are investing in public companies. Okay. We're saying, wait. If we wait for IPO, this is already valued at what we had said of oh, 100x. Got it. Okay. And so we've got to get in earlier. And that's where you saw the tigers and all of these. Um, oh, tigers getting smoked. Yeah. Going into the private and saying, ooh, now we're going to start doing VC because we can get in earlier before we have to pay those outrageous multiples. Oh, that's interesting because I've been doing a lot of reading about tiger recently and they're really bad year. And yeah. it, it didn't strike me that that was the reason. So Tiger, yeah, you're right. They usually played in the public market. They, they saw the ability to get in early. Earlier. And so then they all went in. So what was interesting was, and you know, oh, so funny. none of them were really doing, we knew it being here in Silicon Valley, these companies that were raising money and within like two to three days, they had term sheets from. Yeah, it was. Uh, these investors and we're like, wait, did they do any analysis? How did they do analysis? Did they talk to a customer? <laughs> yeah, like 500 million into this um, company, no questions asked. And they have huge funds and they have to deploy the capital. And they were saying, we got to deploy it early before this company IPOs. Oh. So you were seeing a lot of these public funds going into the private market and they were using those multiples to, to value the private companies. And so that's actually oh. why- Last year and the year before, you saw so much more in VC and it being so hot and all these valuations where you're kind of questioning it. It was a feeding frenzy, right? The, yeah. There was a limited pool. There was a limited pool of good assets. There was a limited pool of, okay, and then there was everything else. And if you're getting term sheets like you're talking about in three days, you're not even talking to a customer, let alone oh, looking at definitely. the software. You're not yeah. looking at the code. I mean, it's crazy. It, it, this reminds me of the dot-com, sorry, 20 years ago. One of the craziest sales calls I ever had. So I was selling software. Uh, I went to, uh, I wish I remembered the name. I think it was Red Brick. They were okay. basically going to become an 
MSP, like they were going to become a, a, a gateway for construction workers, right? Okay. Construction, like general, general GPs or not the, not general partners, GCs, general contractors. Yeah, they yeah, would yeah. go there. They would do bids. All, basically, I don't know. Anyways, they raised like, I don't know, like a hundred million dollars. So I roll in there to do a presentation on the software that, that might help them. They, the only time I ever presented on a ping pong table, that was their conference table, a ping pong table. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that was odd. Uh, they had racks and racks of unopened Cisco and Sun Micro gear, right? This, this is in the back when Java was the big deal, right? So 20 years, I'm old, I'm that old. And um, my presentations usually go 90 minutes. They gave me 45 and they, uh, I was done. And they said, where do we wire? Where do we, do you have a contract? We, we want to buy. We, we have to show our investors we're investing in infrastructure. We want to buy. What's it cost? 200 grand. No negotiations. Just, just, they had a money burning a hole in their pocket and they never, they, they burned through the money within 90 days, never even implemented the software. They paid the bill, but they never implemented the software. That's how, that is how crazy the dot, that seems like what's going on now. Going on now. And you know, I, there are some founders out there. Uh, fortunately, um, we are not one of them, but they, they do go out and they will start to play a game with these funds and say, oh, well, this one's interested. They've got given me a term sheet. You, you got to get one to me within three days. And you know, there's this, oh, wait, I got to get in. It's hot before it goes public. It's going to be public in a year. We got to get in now because we know when it's public, it's the multiples insane. And so anyways, there was all of this hype in that sense that these deals were moving really fast. And I think actually the pandemic sped that up because a lot of it via Zoom. Before you'd have to meet in person, have relationships that kind of slowed these things down a bit. Then you had Zoom where it's like, oh, super fast. We can get through this. And so there was this hype around that of like, we got to get into this deal before, before, you know, we think Tiger's in it, we got to get in before them and beat them. And then you just started seeing that happen. And, and so that's where the diligence wasn't done or when it was done, it was just looking at that growth rate. What's the multiple on it? Great. We'll do that. They weren't looking at burn. They weren't, some of them weren't looking at margins. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's a bleak time for these investors who were not, traditional VCs. And actually some of the um, best VCs that I've seen and I continue to talk to, they actually stopped investing. Good for them. Because they were like, we were putting these numbers on paper. None of this makes sense. (laughs) Uh, I think I dropped a zero somewhere. What is going on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they had already um, gotten back. Yeah, They had pulled back earlier. And um, so, yeah, now now, now we're in the state where we're in of, you know, uh, for this, this is a better time. I mean, I lived through it last time, right? I, I was in, I was at a software company. I was employee 13. Uh, I remember it, right? There was a time where money was free and loose and then it wasn't. Yeah. And you had to buckle up. You, you had to focus on the customer. It yeah. seemed like before this retreatment, you were focused on the next raise mm-hmm. where you, you wanted to make it look pretty. You weren't making the best invest or best customer decisions, in my opinion, back then. Yep. I think it happened now, right? It was always about the next raise and get, getting the multiple up. Uh, so let's talk about who's going to get hurt and not. Because again, I have seen personally, all right, I talk about real estate every day. Uh, a lot of tech companies, obviously mainly Silicon based, but there's some in Texas and some in other, other states 
uh, trying to solve this wrinkle of real estate because it is a people business, lots of disparate services, uh, lots of uh, technology, smartphones make things easier versus when I was doing it 20 years ago, very manual. I think some companies are going to get hurt and some are going to thrive. So why don't we talk about where we think some of the pain's coming? Yeah. So um, I went to business school. It was super expensive. And the one thing that I remember that I took away from it, um, which which you could have probably told me, was don't run out of cash. Yes. Right? Cash, cash flow statement. Cash, cash flow if statement. If you're, if you're starting a business, you don't run out of cash. That's like the number one thing. And so companies um, who have recently raised like Hemlane, um, some of them have really increased their burn already. And so they only have um, 18 months of runway. Yeah. Their investors are telling them, you need to extend that to 30 months. Yes. Um, in our case, you know, we have four years of runway right Ooh, now. Nice. And so, you know, we'll be able to weather that storm, but not all companies are there. And part of it is also the timing of different things. You know, a lot of founders did not predict this. They're hearing it now. And so the ones that are going to get hit hardest are those right now that have um, less than 12 months of runway. Oh my goodness. If you have less than 12 months of runway, you, you, whoa, that's, that's not good. Yeah. And if you have, if you have, you know, six months of runway, you're basically, unless you have incredible numbers where you hit every box, you most likely are going to have to, well, you have to do two things. One, you have to go to your existing investors and say, I need some sort of convertible note or safe. Like I need some sort of um, debt to equity instrument that's going to help me get through this. Or two, you're going to have to go out and um, try to raise if you have those good numbers. But if you don't, you're either going to have to look for an acquisition right now or get the money from your existing investors because new investors are not going to invest in you. Yeah, no, I, I think if you're under six months, um, <clears throat> you're... You're first off, shame on you. That should never happen. Yeah, you you were asleep at the wheel. Uh, my opinion is again, you're, no, very few current investors would follow that execution up. Yep. Uh, you're going to have to look for a sale, and, and again, that's what I kind of said. I think in episode one, I think there's going to be a lot of companies that are sold because the cash flow statement dries up. Uh, they do have some intellectual capital. They have a customer base. There is a revenue stream, but the cash flow statement killed them. Burton rate killed them they're going to have to sell themselves. And that's not fun. I was part of a company that had filed to go public. 9-11 happens. Uh, 60 days later, we laid off almost half the company. Um, this, this is, this, these are tough. When recessions come and you're not prepared, you have to make really hard choices. And then the, the, the finishing story is we were sold for pennies on the dollar uh, less than a year later. It's, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, it really is. And then the other thing um, that's probably more applicable to a lot of um, other um, uh, folks listening to this channel is you saw it hit the public markets first, and then now the later stage private, and already it's hitting the early stage private companies. But uh, these companies saying, how do I extend my, um, uh, my capital for as long as possible? Mm -hmm. And the biggest expense on every single one of these um, P&L statements, the biggest expense you see is headcount. Absolutely. And so that's why you're seeing Carvana and Robinhood and um, Peloton lay off and let go of um, employees. But you're going to see this start trickling down to more and more companies. And, um, you know, it's, it's probably the, the 
ones that were a little bit more on top or had really high burn that did it early, but other ones are going to say, oh, I, I don't know how long this is going to last. Um, I don't know how long until we get inflation under control and where interest rates are going to be. It's going to be hard for us to predict. And they're going to take that conservative approach of going through and just getting um, uh, going through layoffs. So I do think actually the employment market is going to um, shift quite a bit. Absolutely. Um, where from a talent perspective, um, you know, there will there will be a lot of people out there on the market looking um, before that, you know, back in November, remember people are just leaving their jobs because they could and wanted to, yeah. and you, it was really hard to, um, uh, to, to find these top team members. Now it's, um, now it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of tough decisions made. And unfortunately it's going to affect yeah. um, a lot more people. Yeah. I think it was about six months ago. I was starting to have conversations about winter is coming. And the first thing I told people is, uh, to get close to revenue. Right. If you have a job and you're close to revenue, you're going to be the last one looked at to be yeah. cut. Um, yeah, it, it's here. It's here now. If you're like, for example, if you were a software salesman and you took on a brand new product that doesn't have any customer base and blah, 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 you're you're in trouble. Yeah. Right? If you're if you're not part of the core sales team right now, you're 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 a line item on a spreadsheet that is easily whacked. Uh, and it could you could be number one salesperson in the company if you're on the wrong product at the wrong time. It's like, nope, the CFO says that product got away. It's too much of our burn. It has no revenue problem. It, it could be the next great thing. But if we can't get from here to there, they're going to whack it. It's just tough decisions are going to be made. Yeah. And just like investors are taking on less risk, founders now are taking on less risk. You have risk. to. I'm not going to go start this other line of business that might um, totally uh, fail. I'm not going to try to go have this huge innovation arm. No, uh, because you're of not, that. You could see, I mean, frankly, you could see one of the greatest revenue opportunities of a synergistic this or that. Mm -hmm. And you're like, maybe next year. I don't yeah. know how deep, how dark. You know, I got four years of burn. I'm not going to sacrifice a year of burn to go do that thing today. Yeah. I'll look at that next year. Yeah. 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 So it's, the other thing I want to talk about that I think is really interesting in the real estate space is um, I think there's a lot of people that went after kind of the information, right? Let's aggregate information. Yeah. Uh, then there's other companies like Hemlane that you went after people, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, I think the aggregators of information, their marginal value is going to get squeezed to zero. Yep. I think the people that serve people, it's always, it is and has always been. One of the things I wrote in my first book is it's a people business. Get, yeah. your, get your head out of a spreadsheet, right? That was a mistake I made. And that's why Hemlane, again, managing cash flow, always important. As long as you stay focused on the customer. And again, you have multiple customer points. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's your, the customer is your North star, right? So um, that's going to be fun to watch. Cause I think you come out of this stronger and likely a year and a half, two years from now, there probably will be some acquisitions where you could do a bolt on acquisition if it made sense. But um, you know, that's, that's a year or so from now uh, today. It's yeah. about, let's make sure we're okay. Yeah, definitely. And one of the other things I'll, I'll leave with that, there are some prop tech um, prop tech companies that go into it and they're in the people business but they brand themselves as a tech company with tech multiples. They really don't have that much technology. Their burn rate's actually really high because they're throwing people at the problem Yeah. rather than having a scalable tech solution. And so I also think like while the, that, the data side, information side is definitely going to get hit. Mm -hmm. I think there's another side that's going to be just called out. Like it's oh, yeah. a base <laughs> of like, 
you're not a tech company. You are this industry with technology layered on top of yeah, like yeah. yourself slightly more efficient, but like you haven't really changed the industry. Um, yeah, so I yeah. think that will also more companies because it was cool to be a tech company. So oh yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, if your tech multiple is twenty and your people multiple is four, you're going to call yourself a tech company. Come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that that correction is going to happen. Oh, for sure. Prop because again, prop tech is a people business um, still. Or just, uh, sorry, real estate, and then transpires to uh, prop tax. So, yeah. yeah. Folks, if you are uh, want to be a new landlord, you want to play with it, you want to test something out, I suggest getting the 30-day trial. It's free of Hemlane. Uh, if you're in my course, there's a whole video series. If you're not in the course, it's in the free course. Dana, the CEO of Hemlane, has gone and created a PDF where you could go through a 30-day trial. Pretend to be an owner. Pretend to be an agent. Pretend to be a, a tenant. Really cool stuff. And where can they get that? You can go to www.hemlane.com and just mention Michael Zuber because you get 20% off your first Ooh. year. Very cool. Thanks, Dana. Well, thanks so much. Mm-hmm.